third Wednesday of the month at 6.30 p.m. at WGXC.org and townofcatskillny.gov. Hi, this is Mark Ruffalo, and you're listening to WGXC 90.7 FM, Acra. Wayfarm respectfully and humbly acknowledges the past, present, and future Indigenous peoples on whose ancestral lands Wayfarm and our radio station, WGXC, operate and broadcast. The Mohicans named themselves the people of the waters that are never still, following their arrival along the Mohicanita the Great Ebb Tide River, also known as the Hudson. The Mohicans stewarded this land over many generations in dynamic communication and interaction with diverse Indigenous peoples, including the Haudenosaunee Mohawk and the Muncie Lenape. Mohican descendants today live in communities in Ontario, Wisconsin, and Oklahoma. For further information on Mohican history and the contemporary community of the Stockbridge-Muncie Band of Mohican Indians, please visit Mohican.com. WGXE underwriting support is provided in part by Upstate Films, where membership provides access to world-class cinema, first-run feature films, art house films, live music, and more, plus advance notice of close-up series conversations with directors and actors and other special events at the Star Theatre in Rhinebeck, the Orpheum in Socrates, and traveling around the Hudson Valley. Information at upstatefilms.org. That's upstatefilms.org. Wavefarms WGXE is made possible in part by the generous support of Judy Pfaff in Tivoli, New York. WGXE monthly supporters care deeply about Creative Community Radio. Their generosity and investment keep this unique station viable. You too can become a monthly supporter by going to wgxe.org slash donate and establishing a donation at the amount of your choosing. We hope you will do so. Thank you so much for your support. Welcome to Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda. I'm Amanda. I'm Jenny. And we are a twice a month radio show here on WGXC where we talk about movies. (gasps) Movies. Our favorite topic. It's the best. It's simply the best. Um, Yeah, we're every second and fourth Tuesday of the month from seven to eight. And Jenny and I beforehand will pick a theme usually and then we'll separately watch movies around that theme. And then we get on the airwaves to talk about them. It's a lot of fun. But before we get into what we chose for this episode, we're going to tell you about what is playing in the theaters around the area. Jenny? I'll start by taking us over to the Crandall Theater, which is located in Chatham. We have American Fiction, The Zone of Interest, Poor Things, and Babe. (laughs) And if you're interested in any of these movies and their particular showtimes, you can head on over to CrandallTheater.org. Amazing. I'm going to tell you about what's playing at the Wyndham Theater in Wyndham, New York. Um, We have Bob Marley, One Love, Dakota Johnson starring in (laughs) Madam Web. Madam Web. And Argyle. You can find out more about those showtimes and movies at WyndhamTheater.com. That's W-I-N-D-H-A-M Theater.com. All right. And now I'm going to tell you about what's playing at the Upstate Films locations, starting with the Star Cinema, which is the one in Rhinebeck. So we have The Taste of Things, which I've been dying to see. So I'm very excited about. How Should a President Be? A movie clip driven conversation. The Zone of Interest. Love Jones. Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Oh, fun. Kate Simon in conversation with writer Holly George Warren. American Fiction. The Sweet East, and the Oscar-nominated uh, Oscar-nominated animated shorts, and the Oscar-nominated live-action shorts. And then heading on over to the Orpheum Theater, which is the location in Socrates, we have Pianoforte, Anselm, Hundreds of Beavers, 
Mm. Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> Bob Marley, One Love. Bob Marley, One Love with live musical tribute. Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. American Fiction. The Boy and the Heron. And you can also see the Oscar-nominated animated shorts and the live-action shorts at the Orpheum Theater. Uh, so if you're interested in any of those showtimes, you can go to upstatefilms.org. Gorgeous. I'm going to tell you about what's playing at the Spotlight Cinema in Hudson, New York. Uh, that's the eight-screen theater that's on Fairview Avenue. We have Bob Marley, One Love, Madam Webb, Lisa Frankenstein, Argyle, Jungle Bunch, colon operation meltdown <laughs> totally <laughs> so if just like so you differentiate yeah. from the other jungle the bunches. jungle bunch yep. movie uh the beekeeper is still there wonka is still there yes. they're playing dune again because the oh, second nice. one comes out on the first of march Ugh. uh dune two <laughs> <laughs> which everyone's going nuts dune to him. about the about the popcorn buckets but we'll talk about that in a little bit <laughs> So they're replaying Dune, and they're also replaying Disney and Pixar's Turning Red, oh, which is so fun, That's which so I'm, nice. I'm assuming is because of Chinese Lunar New Year. Yeah. Um, so that is, again, at the Spotlight Theater in Hudson, New York. You can find out more at thespotlighttheaters.com. That's so exciting. I feel like also Turning Red was a COVID movie, so I don't think it ever had a theater release, maybe. Oh. I don't remember. Really but... good point. So maybe they saved it yeah. until Lunar New Year, That's which so would be cute. Really cute. That movie is great. Yeah. Um, all right. And now I'm going to tell you about what's playing at TSL, uh, which is otherwise known as Time and Space Limited in Hudson. Oh, uh, we have, let's see, this week we've got the Oscar shorts in animation and live action. Uh, there's also the same film, Anselm, uh, and James Baldwin, colon something sorry i can't quite see it it's, it's i'm looking at the, look at the whole calendar, calendar. <laughs> oh i heard it through the grapevine of course that makes sense james baldwin colon i heard it through the grapevine uh and it looks like you can still see the zone of interest and perfect days there depending on what day you go so their calendar is a little more complicated so i would strongly recommend going to timeandspace.org to look at the particular show times depending on what day you're available and what day you'd like to head on over to tsl gorgeous gorgeous um all right so tonight we chose jenny and i also worked together at our day job and we had just finished a big old deadline and so we wanted to choose a theme that was uh apt for the time but mm -hmm. also general enough that we could kind of watch whatever we want to so yep. we can really kick back and take a load off a well-deserved load off um so because tomorrow is valentine's day Ooh. we picked Simply romance. Of course, there are many, 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 many romance subgenres. Uh, and then there's also things that maybe aren't considered romances that Jenny and I would consider romances. <laughs> um, so I had a lot of fun. I wish I could have watched 100 million more movies. It's so That's the thing that's so nice about actually choosing a really broad category is that, well, nice and sad is that it's like, I could keep watching romances forever. And I will. Forever. Gr the great news is I have the rest of my life to exactly. keep watching romances. Exactly. There are just so many and so many ways to cut it. It's so nice. I love that about the genre. The genre. The genre. Um, Jenny, you watched three movies. I watched two. Oftentimes we'll pick the same movie to watch together. We did not do that this time. We forgot. We, oh. we, we didn't do that. Um, but Jenny, <laughs> since you watched three, do you want to start by telling me one of the movies that you watched? I would love to start. I'm going to start. I'm trying to decide whether to start with the newest or the oldest one. Uh, let's start with the newest one. So I watched a movie that just came out. 2023's Fallen Leaves. Oh, fun. Which I really like. That's the one that involves karaoke. It right? does. There's a karaoke, there's a couple karaoke scenes that are really lovely. And yeah. I thought of you, of course. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Amanda is our preeminent local karaoke host. My karaoke host. My <laughs> other, 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 other job. Other job. <laughs> uh, so Fallen Leaves is a Finnish movie mm -hmm. from 2023, just fresh, fresh off the presses. Uh, it was directed by Aki Kaurismaki. Oh yeah, Aki Kurismaki. Oh yes, is how I've heard that of sounds him. right. That sounds right to me. I've never heard of this person before, but he has directed like one million movies. I don't know what yeah. my life has been that I've missed out on him. But I think I've missed out too. I'm really in. Having now seen Fallen Leaves, I'm in. I'm all in, baby. Fallen Leaves is 
81 minutes long, first of all. It's so it's so mm. tight and quick and mm. in and out. Um, it's this really lovely story about these two people who live in Helsinki. Uh, one is a young woman named Ansa. Or, yes, Ansa. Uh, and then the... And she works... She works like... This is a movie about how, like, work sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and mm. we're all... We're all just doing I our best that. trying to live uh, with poverty wages, yep. you know? Yep, yep, yep. Um, it's true. And so uh, Ansa works at the beginning of the movie just as, like, a stockist in a grocery store. Like, she's stocking the shelves. Mm. Um, and the other main character is this man named Holapa, who works as, a, like, he's a metal worker. And mm. so they through the film have like a series of like near miss interactions where they're both in the same place at the same time, but don't necessarily talk to each other. Uh, And then slowly, like the course of the movie is about their relationship developing, but also about their lives as individuals and how they're coping with this difficult world that we live in where they don't make enough money and they live in a city and it's rough. Yeah. Um, but the pleasure of it is that they keep almost running into each other. And then when they finally do meet, the two of them go on a date together and Ansa gives him her phone number and he immediately loses it. <laughs> but he, no. she never told him her name, so he can't look her up. So they keep just waiting for each other in different places, trying, hoping to run into each other again. Oh. And like, it's so, it's such a fun quiet movie that like it's really short but it feels really like rich and lived in because there's a lot of scenes of both of them just kind of like existing quietly yeah and it has this really incredible like melancholy to it but it's also really funny Mm. like it's really deadpan um, I don't want to say too much about the plot because it is it's brand new and I think it's nominated for something probably foreign film i would guess yeah 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 something like that um i can look it up but it is it's great i really enjoyed it um it's i found it streaming on mubi if you have access to mubi other than that it's kind of hard to find right now because it is uh brand new um and i know it was uh streaming a couple of places but or uh, not streaming uh playing in theaters a couple of places but it may have moved on by now um I think a lot about so the lost number and the yes. unknown name is such a great it's plot such device. a good trope yeah and I think a lot about how after we lost home phones or mm-hmm. we most most of us at least in this country we don't use home phones yeah, nearly totally. as much um and we lost that kind of plot device yeah. with that like we lost like um, looking people up in the phone mm-hmm. book totally. like that's like a huge just, yes. function of yeah. so many stories totally or calling an operator right like, um not- or yeah have not having an answering machine right. answering machines being too full totally leaving a oh. message on an answering machine like right all of that like stuff. the cell phone really <laughs> takes a lot away from interpersonal devices of it like does. trying to find each other and something that's really interesting about this movie is that it does take place in seemingly the present day, like there's a really interesting thing that happens in it where um, often either of the main characters are at home or at work and they're listening to the radio and on the radio, it's like relentless news about Russia bombing Ukraine. Oh. And so it is like clearly meant to be like the current, current time. Yeah. Um, and they both have cell phones and that's how they like that is the phone number that she gives him. But she writes it on a piece of paper instead of him writing it in his cell phone. And like they both also have like... Yeah clearly like flip phones or like you know like a bad cell phone uh and so it, it still works even though it's in existing in this more modern moment because they're both people who are not like connect like they they don't exist in like a world where like the internet is you know yeah. <laughs> which is i think really part of um part of the charm and like the tone of the movie it's also lit beautifully and mm. like there's so many shots that are just like this looks like a movie from 1985 complimentary yeah. like it, it yeah. just it doesn't like, miss mo- that. a lot of modern movies just feel really flat and don't have that kind of um like thoughtful lighting where i've been seeing a lot of people like tweet about this which is annoying but it's true where a lot of modern movies have like 
quote unquote realistic lighting instead mm-hmm. of using lighting as like a function of telling a story. Well, yeah, it's like an art form. Why right. would you not? Right. And it's like it doesn't it's like have when people to do motion smoothing. And oh, I'm like, what are you doing? Terrible. It's We're like, not even going to get into. Motion no, we smoothing. can't. We can't. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do that to my parents TV uh, uh, during Christmas and Thanksgiving. Where I was like, you have to turn this off. I, I can't watch TV with you. <laughs> my mom thinks she likes it, but she doesn't know. Oh, she doesn't know. So sorry. Um, but yeah, it's like there's something about the use of light and color as tools in the toolbox of telling a story as opposed to trying to make it naturalistic. Mm -hmm. And there's plenty of other things about the movie that are really naturalistic, like the characters uh, very much feel like real people, like they're very much like, you know, dragged down by the existence of working their terrible jobs and like living in their tiny apartments. Yeah. Um, But it has this sense of like, there's so much color to it. The framing is so beautifully done. Um, Weirdly for a movie that takes place in a city, it feels like there aren't that many people around, which was so interesting where, you know, they go to a karaoke bar. That's like a very early scene where um, they almost talk to each other, but they don't, they're both at the same karaoke bar and there's like 15 people there yeah. and it just feels really dark Ooh. and like like watching an old movie where yeah. it's just like you're in a city but people are just going home yeah like there's just it doesn't feel super populated but in this way that's really interesting because it really speaks to like the isolation that they feel yeah anyway i really liked fallen leaves it was like it was very romantic um but in this really like there's no i'm I don't think they ever kiss. Like, I'm pr- they don't. I'm pretty sure. Sh- I think she kisses him on the cheek once. Like, it's yeah. like a very chaste movie, but that has a lot of like emotional. Yeah, it yeah. just it's such a nice like. I don't know. It's just really fun. It's, it's always a the fun greatest movie. thrill of a romance. Yeah, both in real life and well, like you know, that is a thrill of a romance right. in real life. It's the build up, the build up. Yeah, and then same thing. Watching a story, it's. That's what gets us excited. Right. It's like you're just you're Um, waiting for them to finally like be in the same place at the same time. And like part of the conflict is also that um, Holapa's character is an alcoholic and Ansa is like, I will not be dating a drunk. I won't be doing it. And so it's like there is also this there's both um, what feels like almost an external force keeping them apart where like he loses her phone number and they can't find each other and they don't know each other's names. But then there are also these interpersonal things which happen with all of us where it's like, well, finally we found each other again but i don't know if i want to date you yeah <laughs> you like know? oh and we have to wait yeah. for the timing to be right for it to all work out but it ha- yeah it has those like fun romantic uh tropes of like you know we're falling in love and it's like well are we we have to change something about ourselves before we can really be together and it's like oh it's so satisfying uh, i really like yeah, that, that build up does often blind you to the realities of what it might yeah totally right it's so fun so that's the movie fallen leaves it's brand new um it's not it is one of those movies where it's very much about how everything happens more than about what happens um but it's a really fun like sweet a little bit melancholy but very funny kind of deadpan romance Mm. and you can watch it on movie if you have that I love it. Which I do. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's been on my list. I'm very much looking for it. I couldn't find a nomination for it. Maybe so I'm not, not sure if it actually is. It's really good. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what people say. I'm excited. So I watched a movie that has been on my list for a long time. It's a movie that a lot of yes. people have seen, but I just missed it. Yes. I watched Secretary from 2002. <gasps> I've never seen Secretary, but I've always wanted to, obviously. Okay. I loved yeah, Secretary. Dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> I So I've talked to a lot of people, even just now, like a friend that we ran into was like, oh, isn't that movie really effed up? And I kind of think that maybe – so I didn't do nearly enough reading into it, but I think that maybe – kind of like with cruising Mm -hmm. the perception Mm. of the bdsm community at the time when it came out is maybe a little like this is you know um i it's hard to say because also i'm not part of that community so i don't really actually understand as a viewer if it's a portrayal of a really unhealthy Mm -hmm. bdsm relationship right I actually just don't know. Totally. I thought it was really romantic. That's what I think it has kind of an outsize um, reputation also because it is it's from the 90s, right? It's from 2002. Oh, oh, is it really? It's from 2002. Feels older. Again, yeah, Yeah. like we're saying, like with cruising, 
uh, I think the general audience that it was for did not understand yeah, this totally. BDSM community. So it looks like an abusive relationship right. um, when somebody enjoys pain. Yeah, totally. You know, I do think secretary is having a bit of a like not, renaissance isn't the right word because it's like 20 people. But I do think it's like I have heard of it more recently in like in a more positive light where people are like secretary is great. Like it has it's like a very beautiful movie about a relationship that works great. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I think it's a super and I, I want to give it even more props for being what I thought was a really sweet romance about something that is complicated yeah. to portray and talk about, totally. especially in 2002 Absolutely. when there wasn't as much outward conversation about like kink culture. Yeah, totally. Um, so it's directed by Steven Shainberg, who I don't know at all. And it's based on a short story by Mary Gateskill. Oh, yeah. Um, and I guess it's from a collection of s- short stories. I think the book is maybe even called like Bad Romance or mm. something. I but, love Mary um, Gateskill. She's great. Yeah, I don't yeah. know anything about her. Um, and this, the story adaptation is by Aaron Cressida Wilson. Uh, and it stars James Spader as a lawyer named Mr. Gray, who hires Maggie Gyllenhaal, who plays a young woman named Lee Holloway, who, and this is where it does get complicated, Lee Holloway is fresh out of a mental, mental institution because she has been... Um, addicted to self-harm for mm. most of her life mm-hmm. whenever she feels stressed she wants to cut herself um and she has like a whole it is fascinating seeing her whole kit like with all of her sharp objects mm. and her iodine and her band-aids like she clearly it's established very early on that she's been doing this for a very long time right because she has it down like she, she has knows, a routine she has yeah. a routine she knows how to do it she ended up in the institution because at one point she cut herself too deep and she's always lived at home with her parents. Right. And so they sent her to an institution because it looked like a suicide attempt. Um, so she gets out of this institution. She's very um, childlike, I think, because they don't they never really explicitly say what her age is. I think she's probably supposed to be in her young 20s. Um, but she is very, she seems very childlike because she's a little quirky to begin with, but she's also always lived with her parents. Um, and she, once she gets out of the institution, she decides to get a little independence while she's still living at home with her parents and apply for jobs. And she takes a job as a secretary for this lawyer, Mr. Gray, James Spader, who is a very strange man in a different way than she is strange. He is... (laughs) very harsh um she's hired right as another secretary is clearly fired uh he's also really shy um and like she you know she's very horny in general (laughs) like she's also on the side she she has a relationship kind of blossoming with this guy that she reconnects with that she went to high school with Mm -hmm. who's played by um Jeremy Davies oh my god love yeah yeah who's also (laughs) like a little like like if the movie wasn't just was just about them it would have like a real Benny and June oh yeah big time um and so they're they have kind of a blossoming romance Mm -hmm. going on but at the same time she has a crush on her handsome boss who um she the way she behaves or like reacts to his harsh criticism Mm -hmm. it seems like it's really motivating to her uh, she wants to do better, um, and he their relationship slowly gets closer and closer. Where they sh- they exchange a couple um, tender moments, which are a little rare for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sees her at one point hurting herself. It's it seems like the trigger for that stuff for her is stress. So her dad is an alcoholic and Mm -hmm. is going through recovery and she gets a call from her dad at work. And so it stresses her out. She gets her kid out and her boss notices. Um, and time goes on and he pulls her into his office and he orders her to never do that again. And that's like just another tender, sweet, like it's like a weird tender, sweet moment. Cause like it's working for her. Yeah. It's working for her. (laughs) His, 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 uh, I don't know, rules. Like demands. Yeah, totally. And then from there, again, it slowly blossoms into this, um, like when she makes, she's a typist for him and a secretary, 
of course, the titular secretary. <laughs> and when she makes a spelling error, he starts to spank her. Oh, my God. <laughs> and she cannot get enough. Yep, totally. Things with Jeremy Davies start to not work out. Nope. <laughs> because she's she's no longer harming herself. Yeah. But boy, does she love she, to She's be got her outlet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and he Jeremy Davies just doesn't get it. Uh, and it does be like there. So as her and Mr. Gray's relationship starts to continue, there are scenes of her reading about um, BDSM. Mm-hmm. So it's not like she's a character who's unaware of what's happening. She's right. realizing my take on it is like she's she is realizing that this is something that's important to her. Yeah. And it's who she is. Totally. And so she starts reading books about how to come out as someone who's part of the BDSM so community. Sweet. Yeah, <laughs> it's really sweet. <laughs> Um, and it, I don't want to give away too much because yeah, you haven't totally. seen it. And oh. I know you'll love it. Yes. But it, yeah, it culminates in her, of course, deciding how to reckon with um, her other relationship. And then Mr. Gray also reckoning with he he seems to be a little bit more confused by mm-hmm. this relationship that they have. Right. And she's like, we're just into this. Yeah, totally. It's, she's just, like, it's, fine. it's simple. Yeah. And he Stop seems about it. <laughs> to think that it's like something bad. Yeah. And, so it culminates, comes to a head where they both have to figure out what this all means oh and if God. they're going to continue. Um, I thought it was super romantic. Yes, I've been trying to watch Secretary for a while. I'm really glad to hear this review. I yeah, and again, like I even when I just Google Secretary movie 2002, mm-hmm. you know, there's people on like the Reddit BSM BDSM community board who are like, this movie left me feeling triggered. Mm. And I like, so again, I think it's grain of salt. Mm -hmm. My review for me, a person who's not a part of that community. Totally. Um, I thought it was a sweet romance. Yeah. But I can see how someone who's more knowledgeable about those relationships can be like, no, 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 no. Right. That's not how you should do that. Right. At all. (laughs) Um, people's, say that it's a big inspiration for 50 shades of gray because I mean, his sense. name is mr gray <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> um, which i didn't even Not pick dissimilar. up on. yeah uh yeah yeah it's so good i was gonna try to find this one quote from when it was um first released uh Oh, yeah. So many critics noted the film's original take on themes of sadomasochism with Roger Ebert saying that the film, quote, approaches a tricky subject with a stealthy tread, avoiding the dangers of making it either too offensive or too funny. Ain't it cool news? Commented. Perhaps there is something bold about saying that pain can bring healing as long as it's applied by the right hand. But even that seems obvious and even normal thanks to Jill and Hall. But I wow. thought that was a nice like yeah, pain totally. can be healing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Depends on who's doing it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's also like there is something to be said for like obviously I too am not a part of the BDSM scene. So like, you know, I think I mean it's interesting to think about what people more in the know would have to say about it. But at the end of the day, it is also like a piece of art and it's mm-hmm. kind of it's it's serving a particular purpose by telling the story about this woman and her relationship with this man. And it's like, you know, I think it is, it's, I mean, it's a really interesting way to think about a relationship and like how, uh, you know, to cope with your own feelings and desire for pain in a really specific way. Exactly. And like those who find it, um, offensive or, or, uh, you know potentially bad information mm-hmm. like they're entitled to that just totally as, you know of like course. yeah it's uh like you said it's a piece of art yeah um, movies movies can be instructive but they don't have to be they don't have to be but a i pretty thought exciting it thing about was them. actually really i found i thought i was gonna be like ooh, a raunchy <laughs> yeah. bad movie yeah. but i found myself being like this is all very Sweetest. sweet a little phantom thread vibe yeah, yeah. like totally <laughs> yeah yeah, I thought it was super Ugh, sweet. Oh, my God. There's, like, a scene where, just to give away a little bit, mm-hmm. like, again, because Mr. Gray is kind of not, he's really, we don't know a lot about him. Yeah. He's a real closed he's door. A mystery. He's a real closed door, and at some point, he stops spanking her and stops, mm-hmm. like, doing any of these, like, pet play things yeah. with her that she really likes, and she's going nuts because she wants that (laughs) yeah and she is pissed that it's not happening she keeps making typos he just tells her to correct him doesn't do anything unbelievable Um, and then she in order to like really finally get his attention she finds an earthworm on her walk to work (laughs) and she folds it up in a letter 
and gives it to him. (laughs) And he circles all of the typos in red Sharpies and keeps like a little like Mm -hmm. cup of them on his desk. And he like circles the worm (laughs) on the paper. It's so Did you good. notice this worm? And has her come into the office. It's Holloway. Oh Can you come into my office? Excuse me. <laughs> um, you put something in this envelope. It's really. Wow, that rules. Yeah, no, it's. I think it's a really. Uh, it really treads well, like that quote said, between being funny mm-hmm. but not too funny. Yeah, totally. Like walking. Yeah, walking that line. Because it is. I mean, it's really hard to cover a topic like that. That is yeah. so nuanced of like you want to strike the exact right note of like giving her agency but also obviously like acknowledging this thing about her yeah and also making it serious and romantic but also fun and funny so yeah. that it's not like a total bummer yeah that's like <laughs> such magic to me yeah. when people do uh, walk the line like so, nice. so well yeah. i don't know how one does that movies it are really is perfectly balanced <laughs> yeah. it feels because it's dealing with so many serious subjects totally. including like self-harm yeah. in a bad way in right. a way that's not controlled and healthy right. totally um yeah Wow, yeah. I can't wait to watch Secretary. I'm so excited for you to watch Secretary. It's <laughs> it, on Tubi. I was going to say, that it's was my question. on Tubi. Yes, great news. Yes, we love just Tubi. have to watch some ads, but... That's fine. I can handle it. Yeah, I can take great. it. Oh my God, fun. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to hear about the old movie I watched? Yeah. I watched... I, I went for... I went uh, 30s... 2023 and like 90s maybe i can't remember what the other one was so let's start with let's go to the 30s okay um i watched it happened one night oh fun i've never seen i've never seen it either it's a movie um by frank capra who is like one of the big hollywood directors of the 30s and 40s the best I don't really know that much about him, honestly. I know that he's like very important. He does Harvey and and um, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful life. life. Yeah, yeah. Which I have seen both of, but only once in like a long time ago. So I don't. Yeah. I don't. I, don't, I wasn't really familiar with Frank Capra's game. Is what yeah. I'll say. <laughs> but turns out oh, he's a, he's got game. He's got game, and you know he's really famous and important for a reason. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's real. Um, it happened one night is a like very it's a rom-com from 1934 a great time yes. for rom-coms frankly if uh you're you'll recall from our screwball comedies episode Ugh. this one isn't quite screwball it's really just straight up and down a rom-com but it's so fun i watched it this morning so i haven't had like that much time to really absorb it yet but yeah. i had such a nice time it's just those old hollywood masters really knew how to make a freaking picture dude they really <laughs> like, do and i you know i i've said this before on this show i'm one of those new gen little punks who's mm-hmm. like black and white movies boring so boring <laughs> but no like they they're they crawled some, so crawled so someone else could walk yeah. and run it's also like some they didn't even crawl some, <laughs> right like some old movies are bad the same way that many new movies yeah, are bad exactly. and it's like you watch it and you're like god this is boring and i had such a terrible but time but some are truly masterworks they are and it's like i watched this being like i'm gonna work at the same time but every time i would like look down to do my work i was like i want to be watching the screen <laughs> like i really i like couldn't because i was yeah. so into it it was so fun so it happened one night was the first film to win the big five academy awards which is when they win best picture best director best actor best actress and best writing and it got all five it was the first one to do that for a good reason because it's great <laughs> oh my god um if you are not familiar with it, it stars uh, Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert. Okay. Um, and it's just so fun. So it's about a young woman named Ellie Andrews, who's played by Claudette Colbert. And she uh, is a wealthy heiress to a banker's fortune. Yeah. Her dad's just like a banker. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, they get, she's like in the newspaper and stuff. So I was like, oh, he's probably like a famous guy. And he's just a banker. He's no, just got a lot of money. that's one of those jobs you could have back then. It's just being an heiress yep, to a banker's fortune. Totally. <laughs> but so she, the first thing that we learn about her is that um, she wants to elope with a king. Uh, and she, her father does not want her to because he does not like this guy. And she's like, we're both over 21. <laughs> We can. I can do whatever I want. Uh, and her dad is like basically keeping her captive on his yacht so that she doesn't elope with this guy. Oh my god! Uh, and she's like, "I'm done. I don't uh, screw you. I'm out of here." And yeah. she jumps off the boat and swims to shore. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> which rules. And I think it's not. I 
I the very beginning I wasn't fully paying attention because I was still drinking my coffee. But I think they start somewhere in Florida. Like I think she's in Miami or something. Yeah. So it's like it's not crazy that she swims to shore, but she does. Uh, and then she goes to a bus station and buys a bus ticket to New York, uh, like undercover because the cops are looking for her there's like an apb all the newspapers oh, no. are like where is ellie andrews like she's missing we the have heiress. to find her the heiress who is like wants to elope but her dad won't let her <laughs> and so i'm not sure exactly what her plan is when she gets to new york but she's like i'm getting a ticket to new york don't worry about it what we learn about her is that she's very stubborn but like pretty naive because she's been sheltered ho- her whole life yeah. by her dad who is like doesn't want her to get into any trouble so like this king that she wants to marry is basically like the first man that she's ever like spent time alone with <laughs> and so no. she like hung out with him in a car one time and was like sick i'm marrying you i'm out of here <laughs> this guy's great this guy's great but so she goes to the bus station has somebody buy her tickets that you know the people who are all looking for her don't see her she gets on the bus and ends up sitting next to through like a funny series of events a reporter who is wasted out of his mind because he just got fired because he's like kind of like a you know he's he's a little bit of like a sassy guy who gets into arguments with his boss all the time so he's like having an argument with him on the phone and his boss fires him but he pretends that he quits instead and you know it's a whole thing yeah and this is clark gable and so they end up sitting next to each other on the bus but instantly she's like I don't need you leave me alone whatever and like he's he's he thinks that she's like kind of prissy and bratty but is also like attracted to her cuz she's very beautiful and she thinks he's really annoying <laughs> and so she's trying to avoid him but because she's been so sheltered she ends up needing a lot of help yep. like she immediately her suitcase gets stolen from by somebody and and Clark Gable tries to run it down run the guy down and get her suitcase back but to no avail mm-hmm. and so they end up basically, they're on the bus together, the bus stops, she misses it when the bus leaves again, and he gets off the bus just to, like, hang out with her and kind of, like, mess around with her. Uh, and he also figures out pretty quick who she is yeah, and decides that he's going to write a story about it, and that's how he's going to get his job back and, like, make a, a little bit of cash. And so the movie from then on is about the two of them basically trying to make their way to New York through, like... No planes, but trains and automobiles, yeah, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Hitchhiking. The wheels ones. The wheels, oh, no, yep, totally. Wheels, no, too. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. The other ones. The ones that travel on yeah, roads. Yeah, yeah, It's also, it's actually mostly cars and walking. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but so they do a lot of hitchhiking. And it's, you know, it's that classic thing where, like, they both kind of hate each other at the beginning, but the more time they spend together, the best. The, like you know, they start to fall in love because they're both really funny, and like they do a little bit of acting to like you know uh, get out from under uh, the clutches of people looking for her because he also wants to get her to New York so he can just write the story. Cause yeah, he's like it's it's really fun because it doesn't do that trope of him pretending to help her and then she feels betrayed because yeah. she's like you just wanted me for the story it is a classic he's like trope. i'm writing a story about you but i'm still gonna get you where you're going and she's like great fine i don't care whatever <laughs> which is so fun and so you know it's just it's also like the comedy is so great because they are just doing these incredible back and forths like they're both just saying a ton of jokes and like they both have such charisma like i feel like a lot of modern rom-coms especially like we're people say we're living in like the dead rom-com age like there haven't been any good ones for a long time like the early aughts we had some tight rom-coms but they've kind of been out for a while um and i feel like often you know hollywood just puts like two hot people together and says like is this what you want is this what you wanted no like you have to have i mean those older movies also had people who were like truly trained actors like incredible work so their chemistry can be so good it's so good and it's like it's not like they are also hot but like they don't have to be no. like it's it's about the charisma and it's about their comedy like they're yeah. both so funny yeah and they both just have such like presence yeah you know whereas a lot of modern rom-coms is just like i don't know who you are i don't care like you're just a beautiful face but like you're not grabbing me yeah um which i was also thinking about with fallen leaves because they're both both of the main character like the two main romantic characters of that movie are very 
beautiful, but they also they look like regular people, which I love, which is so nice. I, I mean, they look, people look extremely Finnish. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Incredibly, I've seen the trailer. Yeah. I, they do, yeah. <laughs> but it's like they don't have to be, you know, like stunning Hollywood hunks. No, because they have this like presence to them where you just want to like look at them and hear what they're saying and thinking yeah. about. And yeah, it happened when night has that also. Like, obviously, Clark Gable's beautiful. Yeah. Like, you know, we all know it. We all know it. But like, it's so much about their like interactions with each other and their ability to be funny and like have yeah, just have this like incredible screen presence. Um, and so the story is like is so fun because it has all these like very classic romantic tropes, which like feels like probably a lot of them came from this. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, sure there's some before that. Like I'm sure it's drawing from something, but the like there's so many fun you know, at the very beginning, um, Claudette Colbert, Ellie Andrews is like putting her suitcase up and the bus starts moving and she like falls into his lap. <laughs> you know? I love it. I love it. <laughs> and he's like, next time, bring your family around too when you drop in. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's like so, f- it's like so fun. I want those quips. It's so fun because it's just like the classic, like delicious romance stuff where it's roots. it's so fun it's so like lighthearted. even you know the of course at the end of every rom-com there's like a misunderstanding and we have to figure it out and like they have that too where like you know clark gable's character goes in the middle of the night to his newspaper editor to try and get money because he's like i need to propose to her here's the story um I, I, but I can't like propose to her without having money from you. Like I can't propose to her while I'm penniless. But because he leaves in the middle of the night, she's like, he doesn't care about me anymore. I'm just going to call my dad and be like, come and get me. I'm done. I guess I'll marry the king after all, you know? And it's like this, it's such, it's such a fun, like every time there's that misunderstanding, you're like, oh, just talk to each other. And then they do. And it feels so good. Like, it's just it hits every time. But there's something about this, like the classic 30s version of it that is like so clean. And so I was going to say, like, clean and tight, clean and tight. It's also like such a well-made movie. Also, like, based. I think it was an hour and 40 minutes or something. But it like flies by. It's black and white. But like the lighting is perfect. You can see everything. Yeah. And again, like they knew what they were doing with black and white film. So it looks beautiful. Oh, my God. They knew how to light for that. They knew how to light for that. And do makeup for that. Yeah. It was great. I Um, really loved It Happened One Night. When you're talking about um, the chemistry, like, you know, thinking about not having a lot of rom good rom-coms mm-hmm. now and just Hollywood being like, oh, you love these two leading actors. Just we put them together. Them together. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about um, that lately. Also in any, so romantic movies, but also anything that has two, two main totally. characters. I've been thinking about a lot with the new season of True Detective. Yeah, totally. Where there is no chemistry, I think, between the two leads. Yeah. And it's supposed to be all about them. Totally. And I just don't think... They're both, they're two great actors. We're all excited to see them. But that's another relationship, a story that's focused on a relationship yeah. between two people where that chemistry between the actor, actors is really necessary. Yeah. And it's like not hitting the same way it needs to. No. Yeah. No. And sometimes it doesn't matter how good of an actor you are or how good of a script writer you are. If it's not. Right. That's like a not there, it's not there. big part of why the first season works so well is because Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey have such an incredible spark between yeah. them. And the script is goofy as hell. Yeah, it's so goofy. It's so But goofy. like they make it work. Yeah, it's, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, wow. But yeah, I loved It Happened One Night. Strong recommend, especially if you like older movies. But even if you don't, I really, I again, I was like, I'm going to work while I watch this. It's in black and white. It was old. And I was like glued to the screen yeah gotta watch <laughs> i'm so into it uh, is there a place that we can stream it let me look that up right now because uh you know there's definitely places <laughs> um i'm gonna tell you about a brand new movie that i watched yes. um let me just real oh, quick yeah. you can rent it it's not streaming for free anywhere unfortunately but it's 3.99 and i would say it's worth it yeah that's if you got 3.99 in your pocket it's like going to the video store yeah cheaper um I really want to see it. Yeah. I've been meaning to get into some older movies. It's fun. Um, What's the new thing you watched? So I watched a movie from 2023 as well. Talking about big, big 
big blockbuster. Did you watch the one? I the... watched No Hard Feelings. Yep, that's what I thought. <laughs> it was so good. It's really fun. It's so funny. It's so funny. Yeah. Did you also? I watch watched it? it not for this, but I watched it when it like when it came to streaming. Yeah, it's great. This is the one with Jennifer Lawrence, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so this is a movie that is very very purposefully about um romantic comedy tropes um but in a way that i love to see uh it has so it stars jennifer lawrence as a woman named maddie who's 32 and she is born and raised from montauk new york and she is struggling to um pay the bills and keep like the the property taxes keep going up because of course montauk is a a lot of very, very wealthy people keep moving to Montauk and she's having a lot of the struggles of someone who lives in a very uh, wealthy tourist mm-hmm. beachside town. Interesting. And she, yeah, <laughs> she's struggling to keep her house that um, her mom left her and that's really important to her. Um, and she's a real sassy wild one. And we, when we meet her, we also meet a lot of these like funny local bozos who she's, who she's had sex with before (laughs) who are like, you're crazy. Why don't you, why did you not call me back after I said I loved you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like the, one of the actors from the bear is like the tow truck driver (laughs) uh, who we see right away. Who's there to tow her car, but is also like. Why didn't you call me back? <laughs> yeah. um, so she's down on her luck. And when I say tropes, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like a lot of romantic comedies, we got a beachside town. Also, a great role in a romantic comedy is like the main character's friends. Classic. And this movie has it. It's got like her friend couple who are both really silly, like have some great silly lines. Yeah, you know? totally. Throw away so lines, cute. but yeah. sweet and silly. <laughs> so... Maddie finds an ad on Craigslist um, from a couple asking, willing to give a car in exchange for someone taking their son out on some dates. Really, they want their son to have a wild summer fling because he's 19. He's going to head to college soon. He's been very, very sheltered, partly because his parents have been very sheltering toward him. Um, But they're worried that he's not going to do well in college because he's so sheltered. So they want him to have a wild summer fling to open him up. Mm -hmm. Their son's name is Percy. (laughs) He is this actor, Andrew Barth Feldman. I've never seen him before. He's so funny. He's so funny. He's so good in the movie. (laughs) And also, like, I'm not, I don't really have any particular thoughts about Jennifer Mm -hmm. Lawrence, but I thought she was, she's excellent at being funny. That's the thing is that like. Jennifer Lawrence was built for comedy and I'm so glad that finally people are seeing it and letting her do it. Exactly. It's like (laughs) Like she's she's a great dramatic actress too. Don't get me wrong. Big fan of the Hunger Games. Yeah. But but she has such an innate ability to do comedy that it was like it was really nice to see her in that movie and like let her do a bunch a lot of physical comedy yeah and a lot of just like incredibly like she's really great at delivering a funny line. Yeah. And it's this movie truly had me laughing out yeah. loud it's, there's... and like like silent laughing because yeah, I was dude. laughing it's so funny. hard it's a funny movie <laughs> um yeah so she goes she accepts this job she is older than what the parents were hoping for <laughs> but she dupes them into being like well you should really have someone who's older and mature enough to handle the delicacy of the situation mm-hmm. um so she <laughs> tries to woo this kid who is just <laughs> like <laughs> So, like, nerdy is right, but it's so much more than yeah. that. <laughs> um, and, yeah, it's hard to say more just because it's so chock-a-block full of jokes and everyone should watch it. There is, when Jenny mentioned physical comedy, <laughs> we're specifically talking about um, a naked fight scene. There has been many um, notable nude fight scenes in mm-hmm. movies that... The ones, all the ones I'm thinking of are with men. Oh, yeah. Um, Women don't get to do nude fight scenes. They don't. Finally. <laughs> finally. We, finally, it happened. And Equality. Jennifer Lawrence let it let it all hang out. <laughs> really, really swanging. Some fists and more. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, beating up these teens on the beach. It's so, it's and it's so good. So good. My jaw was on the floor because I was like, finally, lucky me. Yeah. 
I get so to good. have this. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Representation. Um, Nude women yeah. beating up teens yeah. on the beach. Exactly. And again, oh my God, the kid who plays Percy being like, is everything okay? I heard screams. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... um. It's really fun. It's really it's good. So fun. I mean, of course, like there's a lot of jokes about her being slutty and wild and him being like dorky mm-hmm. and a virgin. Yep, totally. <laughs> and then jokes also about him being very young, yeah. like thinking that the song Man Eater is about a monster. <laughs> I forgot about that. He's like, this song used to scare me as a kid. It's about a monster. Because he's going to eat her up. Eat him up. It's a monster. Um, yeah, I, I, we threw on no hard feelings because we were like, you know, sometimes you, much like you crave a movie that's mm-hmm. older, you crave a movie that's fresh. And totally. New, maybe some money behind it. And we we're like, why not? This is a romance. It's probably not going to be good. I bet we'll know in the first couple minutes totally. if it's not worth watching. Yeah. But immediately we're like, we're laughing. This is, I'm having a great this time. Is great. Yeah. Yeah. It's also fun because it's like it is so it is a rom-com, of course, but it has it's a little bit different because it's not really about the two of them getting together. It's like it's about, you know, it's about personal growth for both of them and stuff. So like it fits a lot of the tropes and is obviously sending up a lot of the tropes, but also ultimately is like it's about her. I will say I don't love the conclusion, even though I understand it. I don't love it either. But it is like it is a really fun um yeah, it's just, you know, it's just a fun, like, also probably straight up 90 minute, like, yeah, laugh out loud comedy. Exactly. She'd simply love to see. I agree with you. I don't love the conclusion. Um, but like Jenny said, it has nothing to do with them ultimately getting together. Of course, that is a great plot arc in it is totally. because he's so young and so inexperienced. When they finally start having a nice time together, he's like, oh, I'm not going to go to college so I can be with her. (laughs) Right. And she's like, oh, and his parents are like, oh, and it does have the aforementioned classic trope, which I it it is tropey, but I don't mind seeing Mm -hmm. it of like he doesn't know that this is planned. Yeah. He finds out. I mean, it happens in so many. Totally. Of course. 10 things I hate about you. That is literally how romances work. Exactly. They have to have the contrivance. Somebody's paying you to go on dates with you. That's Shakespeare, baby. Paying them to go on dates with you. And then you find out and you're really hurt. But over the process, they They actually fall in love with you. Totally. It's like, I wasn't doing it for the money. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't about the money at the beginning, but it's not anymore because I care about you. Yeah, exactly. And so it becomes that but of course spoiler alert it's just about friendship you know she wants his friendship back yeah and, um yeah so and then yeah i don't like the conclusion about like you just needed to let go of your mom's house Which is like that's a bad lesson actually it's a bad lesson <laughs> don't give it but i guess you wanted to leave to live in california to surf find whatever know. who cares yeah exactly <laughs> find whatever exactly so um but yeah, I didn't expect to love it, but yeah, I, it's really fun. I loved it. It's so fun. Oh no hard feelings. It's streaming on Netflix. Yep. Check it out there. It's out there. Fresh. Brand new. If you're missing J-Law, because we haven't seen her in a while. I know. She's out there still. Yep. Making movies sometimes. Yeah. Occasionally. She's sassy and so fun. Yeah. She's, I mean, she's really funny. The two of them also, like, speaking of chemistry, like, the, obviously. So good. It's incredible, because, like, they don't, it's not, it it could feel so gross, <laughs> but because they're both so funny and they have like interpersonal chemistry in this weird way, like it's not, it doesn't really feel romantic, no. but it doesn't, it doesn't need to, and it shouldn't really. It's exactly. like, it's like a comedy yeah. charisma, like because they have both, they both have such great comedic deliveries. Yeah. It works perfectly. And it truly, like you said, it could feel very gross. Um, like, oh, you're trying to make this a joke, but it's right. not a good joke. Totally. But it was a great joke. It was a great joke. It's really funny. <laughs> it's so, <laughs> so funny. Um, and it's raunchy. Like, you yeah. know, it's good and it's good and raunchy. Totally. Lots of cussing, lots of sex stuff. That is one that really feels like a return to form. Yeah. Like we, we're coming back, baby. We're back. Rom-coms are coming it. back. Rom-coms are coming back, <laughs> but like, it's a bit different now. Yeah. It's a new era and we get to see a naked fight scene. Oh, so and, nice. Like, yeah. Somebody's got a... Good old potty mouth. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's um, great. What's the last movie that you watched, Jenny? Uh, we have a little bit of we time. We have a little bit of time. Honestly, it's great news because I don't have that much to say about it other great. than that I really liked. 
<laughs> I watched a rom-com from 1994 called Only You, oh. which is directed by Norman Jewison, who made Moonstruck, of course, <gasps> and also In the Heat of the Night and Fiddler on the Roof. What? And a Jesus Christ Superstar and Rollerball. Oh, my God. And and just like, dang, I didn't even know that it had wow. such a pedigree until literally right now. Yeah. <laughs> I just looked it up because I watched this the other night and was like, great movie. And no thoughts. No thoughts in my mind. Yeah. Um. It's a rom-com from 1994 starring Marissa Tomei and Robert Downey Jr. Whoa. And it rules. I really liked it. Let just add this to my IMDb list right now. The thing that's funny about it is that I think it has kind of a reputation as being like a mid-rom-com. But to mine modern eyes, tired, weary from all the bad modern rom-coms. It's great. I just brought this up last night because Chris and I watched one of my favorite movies, Vertical Limit. Oh my which, god, yes. Um, this, this world <laughs> dunks on really hard. And I was saying how, well, yes, of course, when this movie came out in 2000, it was following like the matrix totally so of course people are like this movie sucks right but we compared to movies now <laughs> like in 1999 famously one of the best years for cinema of course people were hard on vertical limit in the year 2000 however here in 2024 god we used to have it so good and we didn't even know <laughs> we did not even know um so only you is about this woman played by barissa tomei with an incredibly cute haircut that like the classic mm. you know when you see somebody with a cute haircut in a movie and you're like am i gonna get that cute i'm gonna haircut? get that haircut. i might have to get that cute haircut um she plays a woman named faith who when she's a little kid plays with a ouija board with her brother <gasps> and asks who am i gonna marry and the ouija board says damon bradley and she's like got it on lock and that's who oh. i'm marrying <laughs> done and then also like at the this is like the opening scene she also goes to like a carnival and like a fortune teller teller says her the same thing and she's like it's real it wasn't just the ouija board it's real damon bradley is my future husband flash forward she's an adult she's marissa tomei she's gorgeous she is engaged to a podiatrist not named damon bradley but she still holds that little uh, you know, hope in her heart because she is a hopeless romantic. And that's her main characterization is she's a lunatic, <laughs> which is perfect. My favorite. This movie is like predicated on a lunatic for lunatic relationship. My favorite. Which is yeah. the only reason why it works, because if either she or her love interest, Robert Downey Jr., eventually are any more sane it doesn't work at all because yeah. instead it's really creepy but yeah. because they're both crazy you're like oh you found each it's other it's perfect. perfect it's beautiful uh so she is getting ready for her wedding it's like a week away and she's still but she still feels kind of complicated about it because she's like this isn't who i'm supposed to marry but i do love him i guess when she gets a phone call from a guy who's RSVPing to the wedding, who's like, hey, I'm so sorry I was invited, but I'm actually going to be in Europe during the wedding, so I just wanted to RSVP no. And she's like, oh, that's totally fine. What's the name? So I can check it off. And he's like, Damon Bradley. And she's like... <gasps> and she freaks out. She figures out that he's at the airport and that he's flying to Italy. <laughs> and she doesn't say anything to him on the phone. But she hangs up. She takes her best friend with her, who's her brother's wife, Um and they fly to Italy to try and find him <laughs> a week before her wedding because she's like, I just have to know. I just have to know. Um, so it's a really fu it's actually an Italian movie, which is very ooh, fun. Ooh, perfect. There's like perfect. a little bit in Venice and then they're like in Rome for a while and they go all over Italy. It's very charming. Uh, so while they get to Venice, which is where Damon Bradley is supposed to be, but they're just an hour behind him. He's already checked out of his hotel because they couldn't get onto his same flight. It's like one of those movies that is like pre-TSA she's doing a lot of running between gates like yep. at the beginning and at the end of the movie and it's like you just couldn't make it anymore but it's so satisfying to watch it really is oh, when you so could just run through an airport plane like drama that. it's so good um but so she she and her friend are continuously following him they're always two steps behind Damon Bradley while they're in Rome she is chasing after him because he's just left a restaurant but she loses sight of him and while she's running, she knocks into a guy and, like, loses her shoe. And he finds her again. And it's Robert Downey Jr. And he's, like, trying to woo her. And she's like, no, stop. I'm looking for some guy. And he's like, what's his name? And she's like, Damon Bradley. And he's like, that's me. And then they spend a wonderful, magical evening together where they're falling in love. But, of course, the next day he reveals he is not actually Damon Bradley. He just said that. <laughs> 
because he was like, you're really cute. And it's so creepy. <laughs> it's so creepy. And so then the rest of the movie is just a series of hijinks of him trying to get her to fall in love with him and be like, you don't need to marry this mysterious man. You've already fallen in love with me. <laughs> and it's so fun because they're both crazy. <laughs> and they're both so oh. cute. They're both like tiny and little, but with like massive brown eyes. I know. And it's R- like. Little Robert Downey Jr. is just unreal. It's like, I forgot. I looks, don't know how I forgot how cute he was. He's so cute. <laughs> and he's like, so cute. Marissa Tomei in this movie also looks so cute. She's got like really short hair, but she's like, her, she has her like massive brown eyes also. And like the two of them are just like absolute crazy people. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. so fun. There's like so many like, you know, mistaken identity moments. It's delightful. Anyway, that's only you. Loved it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is we're running out of time. <laughs> all right, Jenny, it's been a pleasure. It's been Thank such a pleasure. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you next time. See you in just a couple weeks. Bye.